God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning, Linked Up Church. We are honored to have you on this morning. We have something special in store for you. He snuck around me. I'm like, where did he go? We have something special in store for you. Well, yes. Good morning and Merry Christmas to Merry you all. Merry Christmas. We're here today to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we're going to do it uh, really creatively today. And so we want you all to sit back, relax, and enjoy our ministry and arts presentation of Let Heaven and Nature, Nature Sing. Sing. Enjoy. God bless you. be reading from Luke chapter 2. During those days, the Roman emperor Caesar Augustus ordered that the first census should be taken throughout his empire. Everyone had to travel to his or her hometown to complete a mandatory census. So Joseph and his fiance Mary left Nazareth, a village in Galilee, and journeyed to their hometown in Judea, to the village of Bethlehem, King David's ancient home. They were required to register there, since they were both direct descendants of David. Mary was pregnant and nearly ready to give birth. When they arrived in Bethlehem, Mary went in labor, and there she gave birth to her first son. After wrapping the newborn baby in strips of cloth, they laid him in a feeding trough since there was no available space in any upper room in the village. That night, in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid. For I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord, Yahweh, the Messiah. Heaven and nature, 
let's, let's settle down some. We need you to sing this song with us. Listen up, listen up. God of creation, there at the start before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, you spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of life. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born, and the vapor of your breath, the planet is born. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. I can see your heart in every.
So they ran into the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a feeding trough. Upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. Everyone, everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. Yeah. 
Jesus was born in Bethlehem, near Jerusalem, during the reign of King Herod. After Jesus' birth, a group of spiritual priests from the east came to Jerusalem and inquired of the people, where is the child who is born king of the Jewish people? We observed his star rising in the sky, and we've come to bow before him in worship. Then Herod secretly summoned the spiritual priest from the east to ascertain the exact time the star first appeared. And he told them, now go to Bethlehem and carefully look there for the child. And when you found him, report to me so that I can go and bow down and worship him too. And so they left, and on their way to Bethlehem, suddenly the same star they had seen in the east reappeared. Amazed, they watched as it went ahead of them and stopped directly over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were so ecstatic that they shouted and celebrated with unrestrained joy. When they came into the house and saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they were overcome. Falling to the ground at his feet, they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure boxes full of gifts and presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Just let 
your blood for salvation. You broke the curse for our freedom.
as we grieve and miss the loved ones that are no longer here, or maybe even grieve drama that may be happening in the family. I want to encourage you to remember his love, his love. See, the music department just did an awesome job presenting what happened here on earth over 2,000 years ago when Jesus invaded earth. But let me tell you something. The true Christmas story, it started long before then. Because, see, heaven had a story, too. Heaven had a story, and the Bible makes it plain. See, we celebrate what happened here on earth, and rightfully so. But I want to bring to your attention what happened in heaven. See, John chapter 3, verse 16 in the Passion says, For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting love, everlasting life. Now when it says that God gave his son, that word gave is a continual of that, uh, a, a verb. In other words, it's as if he gave and kept on giving, kept on giving, kept on giving until the fullness of time comes and he doesn't have to give anymore. We are, we're, 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 we're probably at that time. But God kept on giving, and his giving didn't start in that manger. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 6 through 8 in the message says, Think of yourself the way Christ thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. He stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless and obedient death. The worst kind of death at that, the crucifixion. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. See, Isaiah wrote that, and he wrote it in the present tense, because God was showing him the vision. And see, we want to limit God to our own experiences and circumstances, but he is so much bigger. And see, and the master of the universe is not going to be held captive by his own creation. See, he created time. So therefore, he exists outside of time, and everything about heaven exists outside of time. But because he's a God of order, we have time here on the earth. But no one understands that the Christmas story started in Genesis chapter 3. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 3, if you would. If you're following along in the YouVersion Bible apps, the outline and the notes are there as well. Genesis chapter 3, 14 and 15 in the message, it says here, And God told the serpent, Because you've done this, you're cursed. Cursed beyond all cattle and all wild animals. Cursed to slink on your belly and eat dirt all your life. I'm declaring, here we go, the Christmas story. I'm declaring war between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He'll wound your head, you'll wound his heel. And there, salvation's plan is implemented. At that point, God dispatched all heaven to go to war, to make room for the right season and the right time for the redemption of mankind. For by one man, all men fail, but by one man do all men receive eternity and salvation. 
And so with that being said, war is at hand. And this war doesn't go on for a few days. It goes on for, a, for thousands of years. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 12, and let's read love's story, the Christmas story as it happened in heaven. Revelation chapter 12. I'm reading from the message. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman dressed in all sunlight, standing on the moon and crowned with 12 stars. She was given birth to a child and cried out in pain of the childbirth. And then another sign alongside the first, a huge and fiery dragon. It had several heads and 10 horns, a crown on each of the seven heads. With one flick of his tail, it knocked a third of the stars down from the sky and dumped them on the earth. The dragon crouched before the woman in childbirth, poised to eat up the child when it came. The woman gave birth to a son who will shepherd all nations with a iron rod. Her son was seized and placed safely before the throne of God. The woman herself escaped to the desert to a place of safety prepared by God. All comforts provided for her for 1,260 days, roughly 300 three years, three and a half years, the time of Jesus' ministry. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but were no match for Michael. They were cleared out of heaven, not a sign of them left. The great dragon, the ancient serpent, the one called devil, Satan, the one who led the whole earth astray, thrown out, and all his angels thrown out with him, thrown down to earth, then I heard a strong voice out of heaven saying, Salvation and power are established. Kingdom of our God, authority of his Messiah, the accuser of our brothers and sisters thrown out, who accused them day and night before God. They defeated him through the blood of the Lamb and the bold word of their witness. They weren't in love with themselves. They were willing to die for Christ. So rejoice, O heavens, and all who live there, but doomed to earth and sea. For the devil's come down on you with both feet. He's had a great fall. He's wild and raging with anger. He hasn't much time and he knows it. When the dragon saw he thrown down to earth, he went after the woman who had, began, who had given birth to the man-child. The woman was given wings of a great eagle to fly to a place in the desert to be kept in safety and comfort for a time and a times and a half a time. Safe and sound from the serpent. The serpent vomited a river of water to swamp and drown her. But earth came to help her. Swallowing the water, the dragon spewed from his mouth. Helpless with rage, the dragon raged at the woman, then went off to make war with the rest of her children, the children who keep God's commands and hold firm to the witness of Jesus. See, in heaven, at the point of man's fall, God wasn't sitting on the throne to see, but let's see what happens next. Instantly, there was a plan of salvation made available to us. And instantly, heaven went to war with Satan. And it says there that Satan and his imps were no match for God. But yet the earth, because it was restricted to time, had to evolve to a place where it was ready for our Savior. Scripture says that it, there was no time as bad as it was during this season that Jesus was born. We went to Europe. We went over and saw the Roman cathedrals and everything else. And during that visit there, they told us about the history. If you were just in debt, you were taken as a prisoner to fight the lions, just because you were in debt. If you were a vagabond or, or a, 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 a 
beggar out on the streets. Listen, you were in jail and you were victim to the fights of the animals just because. So man's evil has evolved to this place where now God says, now is the time. Now is the time. And while we were here, while heaven, while earth was here preparing, and although, you know, we make it beautiful and we make the songs are beautiful and the colors and the decor is beautiful, but understand that even here on earth during that season, men were fearful. For they anticipated the coming of the Savior, but now that he's here, what happens? But see, heaven was at war, and they were fighting, they were raging. And they were not so necessarily at ease, but at attention because of heaven's loss. Heaven's loss was our game. And he was in the form of the man, Jesus Christ. So now, when we celebrate this Christmas season, we, when we sit there with our families and our loved ones, we have to remember and put ourselves in remembrance of what this season actually represents. You hear it all the time. Jesus, yes, he is the reason for the season. See, we got to understand that the preservation and revelation of his word shares with us four things that I want to point out. And those four things is God's love sounds the alarm. God's love sounds the alarm. We have a real enemy, and he's on assignment. You read it. He's on assignment to rage war against you. So whatever you're going through, just trust and know it's meant to take you out. But God. Number two, love gave you your salvation gift since the beginning of time. I don't care what you did on your own accord. I don't care what mistakes you've made. I don't care what time you spent in the prison. I don't care what has happened to you. God's love has made a pathway to your salvation, your deliverance, your healing, and your prosperity. Number three, love endured war so you could have this gift. Love endured war. See, we oftentimes think that true love is when we're walking hands in hands and gazing in each other's eyes and saying, I love you. That's all cool. But you see, love isn't love until we endure something. Love isn't love until something hurts. Love isn't love until there's a sacrifice. Otherwise, it's just agreement. So God's love endured war for you. He says, I'm willing to sacrifice it all so I can have you back to me. Number four, God's love gave you power. Your conversion, your prayers, your obedience, and the love you have for God or that we say we have love for God empowers the name of Jesus to be activated in your life and the angels are set to flight on your behalf. See, many of us have fat angels. They're out of shape. Because we walk around life thinking we have to fight our battles on our own. Well, all we need to do is get before the face of God in prayer, spend time in his word, and grow in our convictions of who he is. And we have angels that are ready to be dispatched, to go before us, to wake our, make our way straight, to cause us to arrive in, in, at our destination safely, to cover, keep, and protect us wherever we go, to cause favor to line up in our, in, for our behalf. Christmas puts his love on full display. See, many of people are hanging lights and, and, and fashioning trees, and they don't even know what they're doing. 
But you know what? I'll take whatever I can get to spark a conversation for Jesus. So just know and understand as I wrap up right now that when we put God's love on display, when we hang that tree, see, his love put him on that cross, that dead tree, the same tree by which we fell in the beginning in Genesis chapter 2. It's the same tree that he uses to, put, to, to die. But not just to die, but to be resurrected again whenever we put up our evergreen tree so that we can be the tree that's planted by the still waters. When we decorate that tree with the lights, know and understand that he is the light of the world. And in him being the light of the world, he has made his message known unto us. Because if it was just about a sacrifice, he could have came here as a babe found three years later. Three, his life could have been a three and a half year stand. Somebody, because they were into baby sacrifices during that time, they could have sacrificed him and been good. Okay, heaven. But no, because he loved us so much, he gave us 33 and a half years of his presence so that he could teach us and show us the demonstration of his love, the demonstration of his power, and the demonstration of his word. So he is the light of the world. So when we hang up that strand of lights, he has commissioned us to now carry that light. And we're connected now by the true vine, the vine that gives life. When we decorate that tree, know and understand that Jesus took on this crown of thorns. He took on the punishment that was meant for us. He took on the beating that was awaiting our arrival. And they crushed on him the crown of thorns. So instead, the great exchange is that he gave us the garland. The garland is literally the victory of life, the crown of victory. When we wrap those gifts, know and understand that Jesus was the wrapped gift that came wrapped in flesh and blood, with limitations, with pains, with sufferings. And so though we wrapped our gifts in, in nice paper and cloth, just remember the true gift of the season. And the bow on top, yeah, the bow on top, it wasn't just for your salvation and your eternity in heaven. The bow on top was so that you could have favor. The bow on top was so that you could have peace. The bow on top was so that you could have healing. The bow on top was so, is so that you could have joy. The bow on top is so that you could have prosperity. The bow on top is so that you could have love. The bow on top is so that you could have your direct steps ordered. The bow on top is so that you could have soundness around you. When he says that it's in him that we live and move and have our being, that's the bow on top. The bow on top is his presence ever with us. So as we celebrate this Christmas season, know and understand that not only was earth, do we celebrate what was happening on earth, we are honoring what happened in heaven. Because God waged war in his house so that you could have salvation and a place with him. God waged war in his house so that you can live a life on top. Wherever you are right now, whatever is going on right now, how fancy, friend, educated you think you may be, or the balances in your bank account, or the lack thereof, he has so much more for you. He has so much more for you. He has so much more than your compromise. He has so much more than your justifications. He has so much more than your acceptance of mediocre. Know and understand war was raged for your best life. 
and heaven had to create a scenario whereby it could invade earth so that you could see it with your own eyes. See, the message of Christmas is so much greater than gifts. It's so much greater than family gatherings. It's so much greater than that dinner table. The gift of Christmas is the remembrance of salvation for me and what I've been through and what God has brought me from so that when we do get together at that dinner table, remember celebrating the Lamb of God and the bread of life, knowing that everything that's around me can be made so much better because of his presence in my life. Amen. So as you celebrate this time with your family, with your loved ones, or perhaps you're celebrating this time just by yourself, you're never alone. There's a Savior who warred for you, who came to earth and died for you so that you can look forward to greater tomorrows. Amen. Let's receive our music department. As we're talking about his love, it's good to re be reminded of just all the wonderful things that God has done. And I don't know about you, as we celebrate this season, it doesn't, I mean, I love this season, but it doesn't quite feel right until I hear one particular song. And it says something about, come, come let us adore him, kneel, bow, kneel down before him, worship and adore him, for he is Emmanuel. And we worship you. So we want to sing this song with everybody together. Is that all right? Y'all feel like singing this morning? We're going to be a big choir. We're going to be a big choir. All, all the tenors, raise your hand. Uh, tenors, y'all took too long. All my altos, make some noise. All my sopranos, make some noise. All right. Come on, let's stand together and we're going to be a big choir. Yeah, yeah. Does it feel like Christmas now? Come on. We all know this. Say, come, come on. Come. Come, let us adore. Come, let us adore him. Kneel down before him. Kneel down before him. Yeah. Worship and adore him. Smile at your neighbor and 
of your word, for your presence forevermore. Hallelujah. He is God with us. He is truly wonderful. 
He is peace. He is joy. He's not a magic pill come to erase everything, but he definitely has the answers. And he left us his Holy Spirit, whereby we can continue to be witnesses of his, of his goodness, living our life of faith. We serve a great God, a mighty God, a good God. And as we celebrate his, this, him this season, let's remember his gift of salvation, his gift of healing, his gift of peace and joy, his provision and protection. If you're not standing, I ask that you do. Because see, there's some people here that don't know Jesus as their personal Lord and 